Welcome to Let's Eat. I'm your host, Emily, holistic health coach and self-proclaimed wellness enthusiast, here to meet you at the intersection of physical and mental health, the exact location where optimal wellness lies. This podcast is meant to explore all areas of mind and body wellness, designed to offer you the integrative knowledge, behavioral strategies, and mindset shifts necessary to uplevel your health and feel better today. We'll explore nutrition, sleep, movement, self-care and stress management, habits and routines, gut health, mental health, and more. I am so happy that you're here. Welcome to the table. Let's eat. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Eat. It is January 2nd, which means we are into 2024. It is the new year. The holiday season is behind us. So I'm hopeful that most of you have set some New Year's resolutions, maybe. I feel like the spectrum of resolutions is pretty... It's not even really a spectrum. It's extremes. There's some people who are like, I don't like resolutions, not my thing. And then there are other people who are like, resolutions are everything to me, and I set them every year, and I love them, and I need them, and and so forth, right? So wherever you fall in those two extremes, maybe you fall in the middle... Um, I hope you're having a good start to 2024. Today we're going to be talking about mindset and the importance of it in relation to behavioral change. Now, I'm a holistic health coach, right? So I work with clients one-on-one to explore nutrition and sleep, exercise and movement, stress care, stress, I almost just said stress care, stress management and self-care, gut health, hormones, all the things, right? All the things that make us who we are. And what is really fascinating, especially as I've progressed on my journey in my career, my business, my personal journey, and so forth, what I've really come to realize and what a lot of the work that I do with clients includes is mindset work, right? Mindset around making changes, mindset around beliefs about ourselves, just mindset as a whole. And I think this is really where my background in mental health has come into play so much. For those of you who don't know, I have my master's in clinical mental health counseling. And so when I was working as a therapist, obviously a lot of my work had to do with focusing on thoughts and a lot of my work centered around cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavior therapy. And in cognitive behavioral therapy, it's all about our thoughts and how that influence our emotions and our behaviors, right? We look at a cognitive triangle and there's our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. And if we just started to build more awareness around what our thoughts are saying, we could then choose different behaviors and and hopefully choose different emotions as a result of that, right? Where if we're recognizing what these thoughts are saying to us, because what we know about thoughts are they just thoughts, right? Thoughts are not necessarily the truth. They're not always the most rational or positive, right? But unless we have this awareness around our thoughts, our thoughts will dictate our reality, will dictate how we feel and how we behave, right? So when it comes to the work that I do now with clients as a coach, there's a lot of that embedded, right? I will always, you know, disclaim and say that I am very confident conscious of the boundary that I have to to maintain and the ethical considerations that come along with working with clients and their mental health and their thoughts and so forth, right? Because now that I'm no longer a practicing active clinician, I have to honor the fact that I can no longer operate in that way, right? I can no longer practice in that way. However, it is such a pivotal part of making behavioral change. 
when we are not cognizant of what our thoughts are saying around behavioral changes, and I think especially as it relates to the new year and resolutions and so forth, this can be really, really important, really, really powerful um, in making a lifestyle change, making a behavioral change, forming a new habit, you know, and so forth. So today we're going to explore that. And I think, you know, I think a lot of this is going to be explaining why it's important, number one, but also giving tangible examples. And some of these might resonate with you. Some of these might be relevant. I'm, I'm drawing from personal experience. I'm drawing from client stories. Um, but I think overall, it's a good opportunity given it's, you know, the first week of the new year. And um, this is oftentimes very relevant. And and in some cases, this is the bulk of the work that I do with clients, right? It's, it's, I could tell you all day long what to be eating, how to be moving, you know, and so forth. But if your thoughts are not aligning with those changes, that's where we have to intervene. And that's the only way that we can really make a, you know, a lifestyle change and really create a lifestyle that helps, you know, facilitate and foster our mental and physical health if we are willing to look at that root issue, right? Which is the thoughts and what the thoughts are saying, which could be inhibitory or promoting of this change, this habit, and so forth, okay? So when we think about behavioral changes, right, we're talking about these nutritional changes. We're talking about, you know, creating a morning or nighttime routine. We're talking about moving our body more. And obviously under these umbrellas come a lot more specific goals, right? You know, oh, I'm going to go to the gym X amount of days a week, or I'm going to commit to 30 minutes of walking this many days a week, or start my day with a meditation four days a week. It's, you know, it's obviously more specific, but for the sake of this, this explanation, for the sake of this uh, message, I'm going to keep it pretty, pretty vague, pretty, pretty broad, right? So when we think about these behavioral changes, all wonderful, all something I encourage clients to do when they want to feel better, right? In mind and body. It includes a lot of these changes. Maybe it means crowding out certain foods. Maybe it means you know, setting a water ounce goal or whatever it is, right? But if we think about all of these wonderful, these important, these valuable changes, what we don't consider is what are the thoughts and what are the beliefs around our ability to make these changes, right? These are the lesser tangible parts of a, of a lifestyle change. These are the non, non-conscious sometimes, right? A knee injury, that's going to inhibit my ability to move more, right? If I have a sensitivity to a certain food and, you know, I, I can't eat it, right? But I know it's maybe more helpful. Say I have a sensitivity or an allergy to nuts, right? Nuts are wonderful, nutrient dense. How many times can I say, can I use the adjective wonderful? I got to get creative here. Nuts are wonderful. They are fiber rich. They're protein rich. They are fat. Good, good, healthy fats, right? But if you're sensitive to them or you're allergic to them, obviously we can't be eating them, right? There's other ways to get these these macronutrients into your life. There's other ways to get this micronutrition into your life, right? But just for the sake of this example, these are more outward, obvious, maybe setbacks, for lack of a better word, that might come along with making these behavioral changes, right? But if we're thinking about the the setbacks or the the roadblocks right, that come along when it comes to mindset, I can't, as a coach, and sometimes the client too, isn't readily aware of them because of the fact that, number one, we're not always aware of the thoughts. We don't always recognize how that could be playing a role, right? And it takes a lot of introspection. It takes a lot of self-awareness in order to identify these thoughts. 
especially if they're thoughts that we have rehearsed, we have embedded, and we have strengthened the neural circuitry within our brain for years and years and years that we don't even recognize them anymore, okay? I know that I believe 90% of our thoughts are unconscious and repetitive, and 80% of our thoughts are negative, okay? I might have butchered that statistic. I know it's 80 and 90, whether they're interchanged is, is another story, okay? So you can fact check me on that. Um, but the message here, right, the takeaway is that a lot of our thoughts are negative and a lot of our thoughts are repetitive. So a lot of times we don't even realize what these thoughts are saying to us and how they're impacting us because they've just become so autopilot for us. They've just become so part of our conscious functioning, right? Part of our, our day to day that we don't even recognize what they're doing or what they're saying to us. And then as a result of that, how they're impacting our ability to make a change. Okay. So I will start with saying self-awareness is the key to transformation. Okay. This is a quote by Jen Sincero. She is a brilliant, brilliant person and author. She wrote the You Are a Badass books. And this is what really introduced me to, to self-development, to personal development, self-growth. Um, it has been a big part of my entrepreneurial journey, my awareness, my shift in mindset, right? You Are a Badass, these books have been really wonderful, wonderful, oh my gosh, once again, here I am saying wonderful, have been pivotal, all right? Someone stop me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write some adjectives down for the word wonderful so I stop saying it, or um, I'm sorry, synonyms down for the word wonderful. Um, it has been such a big part of my journey and my growth, especially in the past three or four years. Um, I might even read those books again, just as kind of like a, a motivation igniter, right? Because they're just so, so... Uh, motivating. Anyways, she says self-transform or self-awareness is the key to transformation, or maybe it's awareness is the key to self-transformation. One of the two. And essentially what she means is without awareness, we are not able to transform. We're not able to evolve, right? If we don't have awareness, we're going to keep doing the same things over and over again and never succeed and reinforce the belief that we can't do it, whatever that is, right? This is wellness or not. And it's so important that we are taking time to develop that skill set, develop the awareness, which is not something that we do in schools, right? We don't, we don't learn this in school. We don't, we don't learn how to become aware of our thoughts unless we're, you know, in therapy, unless we, you know, do some more social, emotional development, you know, some sort of course or, or uh, program or something of that nature, right, that might introduce this concept. But even for me, as a therapist, I didn't learn about this until I was in my master's program in grad school, working towards becoming a therapist, right? I didn't understand any of this. I didn't understand what this meant. So even somebody who is just getting into the field of mental health, you know, of my 24 years of life, I never had this understanding, this knowledge, and it wasn't until I really put it into practice as a therapist that I realized, wow, this is, this is some good stuff, right? We, we, we've got something here, okay? So when we think about self-awareness as the key to transformation, that's first and foremost what's most important when making any kind of change, any kind of behavioral change, okay? It's about familiarizing yourself with what your thoughts are saying, the beliefs that you have about yourself, and really tuning into how is this the driving force for the change that I'm trying to make here? Are my thoughts on my side? Okay. So if you think about, for example, let's use an example. We'll use a pretty stereotypical, maybe New Year's resolution. Maybe your goal is, let, I want to lose weight. 
All right. Now I have a number of issues with this concept of I want to lose weight, right? There's a lot of, of dismantling and breaking down that we could get into with that, right? But for the sake of this example, we'll keep it at that. Say this is a 40 year old woman who says, I want to lose weight. This is the year 2024 is my year. I'm going to do it. Okay. And let's just say the past 20 years, this has also been, let's call her uh, Madison. Let's call her Madison. Okay. Madison has tried over the past 20 years to do the same exact thing, right? Every year I'm going to do it this year. It's going to be different. Right? Maybe she tries different diets, maybe she tries different programs, but as the new year unfolds, right, we get to the third, fourth, fifth week of the year, and Madison abandoned ship, right, for one reason or another. Maybe one year it was, you know, the diet wasn't working for her, or another year she ran out of the, the you know, um, the supply of the food that she was ordering. Maybe she was doing like a meal prep service, and there was a big snowstorm and she couldn't get the meals to her home, so... She had fast food and takeout and so forth, and she decided, well, you know what, why bother? I have already kind of fallen off the wagon. I'm just going to try again next year, right? Maybe another year, you know, she was going to the gym, and maybe she twisted her ankle, and, you know, she was unable to exercise for a week, so she just decided this is it for me, right? There's a number of different reasons. Maybe she did lose weight, but then, you know, as soon as she stopped what she was doing, she gained it all back, right? So there's, there's a number of different potentials here, right? I could go on and on and on with examples, especially for someone who's been trying for 20 years. So now this is her 40th, 40th birthday, right? Going into the new year. And she says, this is going to be my year. All right. What do we think? What do we think? Behavioral change aside, what do we think Madison's brain and her thoughts are telling her around her capability? If this is her 20th time, trying to lose weight, trying to recommit, trying to better her health. And for the past 19 years, she has been unsuccessful. What do we think the thoughts are saying? All sorts of negative, abundantly negative comments and ridicule and and remarks to her about her capability, especially if what we know about her thoughts is that majority of them are negative. Right. So if we if we think about this. Right. And Madison has no awareness about this. What is the likelihood that she will find success in this new year for the you know 20th time that she's tried to lose weight? What do we think that that the capability of her success? What do we think about that? Right. How, how do we feel Madison will succeed? Probably not. Right. I mean, by a miracle, possibly. But without a mindset adjustment, without examining those beliefs, without examining those thoughts, there's a high likelihood she's going to repeat the same cycle. Maybe it'll manifest differently. Maybe the circumstances will look differently, right? But there is a great likelihood that she will find herself in the same position that she saw herself years and years and years prior simply because she doesn't have the support and the awareness to address the thoughts alongside the behavioral change, okay? So in a more tangible example, I hope that you can see how important that is and how valuable it is, first and foremost, to really explore, what are my thoughts saying about this change? Am I feeling anxiety? Am I feeling stress? What does my history look like, right? Do I have a lack of belief in myself, right? 
Are my thoughts saying to me, you're never going to do this? Think about all the other times you did this. You, you, you failed. You're never going to lose the weight. You're never going to succeed. Exercise is too hard. Eating healthy is too hard. It's too expensive, right? And all of these thoughts creating this influx of stress and anxiety and discouragement, right? Which then leads us to tapping out, which leads to resistance, right? Which leads it to making it much more challenging to make any kind of change because the way our thoughts are impacting how we see the change itself, right? So you could have not even gotten started and your thoughts are already tapping out, right? Your thoughts are already leading you to abandon ship, okay? So I hope that this gives you something that's tangible, right? Where you can see how that would influence, how would that influence this person trying to make a change? And I could go on and on and on and on and on, right? And really kind of dive into more examples and give more, you know, um, give more comparisons, but I really want to explore how to now make a change, right? How to build the self-awareness, how to become more aware of how your thoughts are impacting your decision to make a lifestyle change, to build a new habit and so forth, just so that you have a tangible takeaway strategy in order to implement today. Okay, so let's explore the basics of building awareness, right? Building awareness is both challenging and also seemingly easy as well. And what I mean by that is the fact that because we're so autopilot, because we get caught up in our day, because we don't have this skill set de- skill set developed, it can be very challenging for a lot of people to to develop an awareness right? Because a lot of our actions are so habitual, so autopilot, so impulsive. So bringing our attention to our thoughts, being present with our thoughts is not something that is always super easy for a lot of us. Sometimes it's very painful for a lot of people to tune in to hear what our thoughts are saying, which is why a lot of people have a hard time in silence. A lot of people have a hard time getting to bed at night because that's when we're forced to be alone with our thoughts. And even then people try to sleep with a TV on or have some sort of background noise, right? So when it when it comes down to it, it is both very challenging, but also super easy, right? Because all you're doing is just tuning in and slowing down and being present with what is coming up for you, okay? So in cognitive behavioral therapy, we work with something called a thought log. And so there's similar flavors of this embedded in what I'm about to share. It's not this exactly, but it's very similar, okay? So what we essentially want to do here is break down these micro moments of your life, right? The decision between working out and not working out. The decision between ordering takeout and making yourself a meal, right? Which oftentimes happen in a split second. There's just this, this small moment of time where you say, no, I'll do it tomorrow, right? Or you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna order, I'll order a pizza for today and I'll meal prep tomorrow, right? Whatever it is, just, these are just kind of a few examples. There's typically a very small amount of time that it can be almost easy to miss, right? It can be easy for us to think, wait a second, how did this pizza get here, right? Or it's eight o'clock, I didn't work out. How did that even happen, right? 
So it's about really slowing down. And that in and of itself is something that would be valuable across the board, not just for the sake of this, this exercise, but also just for awareness building, being present, right? It's just slowing down and, and really being with our thoughts and being aware of what's happening within our brains and how that's impacting the way we see reality, the way we feel and so forth. Okay. But I won't get into that. Maybe that's, that's a time for another, that's, I'll save that for another time. So what we're doing here is we're really drawing our attention to what our thoughts are saying about something. So let's bring ourselves back to Madison. Let's talk about Madison and use her as an example. So say Madison is trying to lose weight here, okay? And maybe she's trying to maybe eat less processed foods, reduce the amount of sugar in her diet, um, and maybe move a little bit more, right? We'll give these kind of few examples. And when we're trying to build awareness, we really want to, like I said before, draw our attention to the moments that are microscopic throughout our day, but lead to a decision, okay? So say, for example, Madison recently purchased herself a Peloton, all right? We'll say Madison is in the Peloton family, in the Peloton community, which I am proudly a part of the Peloton family. I love my Peloton, just as an aside, okay? So say, for example, she walks into her, the room that has her Peloton, right? We'll just, whatever room that might be, she's ready to go, okay? It's January 1st, she's ready to go. She looks at the Peloton and she starts to feel a certain way, right? Maybe she feels dread. Maybe she feels anxiety. Maybe she feels stress. Maybe she feels discouraged, right? Because today is day one of this massive change that in her brain, whether she is going to openly, consciously admit it to herself or not, she knows in three weeks, none of this is going to matter. In three weeks, the Peloton's going to become a clothing rack, right? In three weeks, I'm going to be back to my old ways and I won't even look at this Peloton until next year, right? So if we took that moment and really put it under a microscope and we looked at what the thoughts were saying to Madison that were generating these emotions and then the subsequent potential for her to just close the door and, and head on with her day and not move her body, right? What would those thoughts be saying? Maybe they would be saying, why bother? Maybe they're saying, you don't want to do this. Maybe they'd be saying, you know what, you could also start tomorrow. Maybe they're saying, you know, this looks really challenging. Maybe they're saying, you're going to really hurt after this, right? You're going to feel really sore, okay? There's a number of thousands and thousands and thousands of thoughts, okay? I want you to fill in the blank with what your brain, if you were Madison, what would your brain be saying to you, okay? And really getting honest with yourself about what the thoughts are saying, okay? Because if we are not honest with ourselves about that, we're never going to make a change. They can be really uncomfortable. They can be recurrent. They can be negative. They can be, you know, self-defeating, right? There's a number of different thoughts that can come to mind that will then generate certain emotions and then eventually cause us to move in the direction of our goals, right? Which is the, which is the ideal, which is what we want to happen versus I'll just shut the door and I'll do it tomorrow. And a lot of times our belief about doing it tomorrow isn't necessarily an excuse per se. We actually convince ourselves, no, 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 I'll have more time tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow, right? So it's seemingly innocent, but there's also obviously a level of excuse and resistance that's there, okay? So if we were to look at those thoughts and we were to decide, okay, how can I respond differently to this thought? 
How can I maybe find a way to look at these thoughts and be patient with myself and respect the fact that these thoughts are very real and they're coming from, you know, many years of unsuccessful attempts at losing weight. It comes from beliefs about myself, maybe something from my childhood. I mean, these could go back years and years and years, decades and decades, okay? And this is kind of where maybe therapy would be more appropriate for the sake of what we're discussing here. We just want to look at these thoughts and decide, okay, what are the thoughts saying? How are they impacting how I'm feeling? How are they going to then impact my actions? And how might I respond differently? What is important here, the biggest takeaway is thoughts are thoughts and they are just that. They are thoughts, but it's how we respond to these thoughts, right? Not allowing the thoughts to take the driver's seat. It's our decision to respond differently to these thoughts that will make all the difference. So Madison deciding to tap out, deciding to surrender to her workout, deciding to not exercise today, right? Would be her allowing these thoughts to take the driver's seat and drive away right? She goes on with her day. Maybe these thoughts get louder. Maybe they don't. Maybe she shuts the door and doesn't think about it again. But then maybe the next morning she's faced with the same experience. And here she is trying to get herself on the Peloton, trying to get herself to move. And we see this cycle continue. Okay. And I don't want to say that this is all, you know, kind of generalized blanket statement, right? There are a lot of times where we might be successful for the first couple weeks. And then maybe the thoughts creep in or maybe you know, due to all or nothing thinking, which I want to do an entire episode on all or nothing thinking, because that's a really important part of this. So stay tuned for that. But you know, it can look differently, right? Everyone looks different. Maybe we are successful for a couple for a couple weeks. And then something happens. And then that's when the thoughts come up, right? There's a number of examples. But for the sake of this example, we want to look at how we're responding to the thoughts. Okay, so if Madison were to look at those thoughts, say we'll draw one that says, this is going to be uncomfortable. Heck yes, it's going to be uncomfortable, right? Especially if we haven't worked out for weeks or months or years, right? Especially if we're new to cycling, okay? For those of you who are on Peloton and you take any one of Olivia's classes, it's going to be painful no matter how long you have worked out, okay? I love working out with Olivia, but boy, is she, boy, is she tough. It's going to be uncomfortable, right? That's, that's okay, and it's okay to say that. I think a lot of times maybe... We think it's going to be more uncomfortable than it actually is, right? The anticipation of getting on the bike, the anticipation of, you know, kind of, you know, what is this going to be like is sometimes a little bit more extreme than it actually is. Or maybe it's going to hurt, right? Maybe we're going to be sore. Maybe it's going to be uncomfortable. Maybe it's going to be tough, be tough, right? Because any, any new start, any day one of anything is probably going to be uncomfortable, right? It's probably going to not feel so good. And that's where growth comes in right? So if we were to say, this is going to be uncomfortable, I'm going to quit. How might we respond differently to that thought? This is going to be uncomfortable in order for us to feel a little bit differently about the workout itself. And this is pretty open-ended. There's a lot of different ways that we can look at this. There's a lot of different ways we can respond to it. I want you to fill in the blank and look at that and and think how might you respond differently to a thought that's saying this is going to be uncomfortable, right? I might say this is going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be okay. That's a dialectic, right? That's where two opposites can exist at the same time. This is going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to grow. This is going to be uncomfortable and I can do anything for 10 minutes. 
this is going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to get through it. This is going to be uncomfortable and I'm stronger than this. It's about really looking at that thought and challenging it and reframing it and looking at it differently so that it doesn't lead you down a, a road of abandoning, right? Of abandonment, of, of deciding that the discomfort that comes along with this, this really, really worthy lifestyle change is harder to address than living the life that you're leading now. I think that's really powerful too, right? Is getting on the bike for five minutes, for 10 minutes. Is that really that hard in comparison to feeling uncomfortable in my skin, being overweight, being, you know, ailed with all of the potential chronic illnesses and, and ailments that come along with obesity and, and so forth, right? It's about rewiring, reframing, and responding in a different way so that you can generate a different outcome. Okay, what we know about the brain is that it is essentially plastic. It's malleable. This is within the, with the realm of neuroplasticity. It's a fascinating field of research. And we basically learn that the, the brain isn't static, right? It doesn't, doesn't develop and then stop. You can actually rewire your brain and you can strengthen different neural pathways. And what happens is if you have a certain pathway that has to do with a certain thought or belief, right, that you've been strengthening over the years, years and years and years, which could be relevant to Madison, right? This could be Madison's neural pathway that has kept her from losing weight. It's about choosing a different neural pathway to strengthen. Now I'm going the least scientific route here that I can, okay? Because that is not my forte. But it's about rewiring and strengthening a different neural pathway and pruning away from the old neural pathway that's generating these beliefs, generating these thoughts, so that you can strengthen another neural pathway. So essentially, in layman's terms, if we see Madison engage in this process day after day after day, maybe not always successful every day, right? And that's okay. We have to be willing to flow with the ebbs and the, and the flows of life and the reality of life and circumstances and, and things that come up and so forth, right? So we have to be patient. We can't allow that to be the reason that we stop. But if we give ourselves this practice and really invest in it over the course of time, we will see recurrence of thoughts that are more motivational, that are more powerful, that are more positive, that are more supportive of this change we're trying to make, right? Maybe, for example, we started with this is uncomfortable, this is going to be uncomfortable, and maybe in four weeks, the thought, this is uncomfortable, and I'm stronger than that, is going to be more present for us than the original thought of this is uncomfortable, right? I'm giving a very basic example here, okay? So it's really about drawing our attention to these thoughts, and what you can really do over the course of your day is tune in and be really focused on when there are moments that you are faced with the potential to engage in a new habit, when you are faced with the potential to engage in something that is relevant to your resolution or a lifestyle change, whatever the case may be, really kind of look inward, right? Use that introspection to, to look at your thoughts without judgment, without any kind of emotion. I think that can be really hard too. I think sometimes we look at our thoughts and we judge ourselves for these thoughts, which that is not something we want to do. We want to just be patient with the process, right? And really kind of familiarize ourselves, you know, with what, what is coming up for us 
in these moments where we go to engage in this change, how can I respond differently? And how can I repeat this cycle, repeat this awareness building process in order to generate a different outcome? We have to be aware of the thoughts and the emotions that come along with any particular type of lifestyle change, resolution, goal, whatever it is, because mindset is critical in pairing with a behavioral change. It is critical in really formulating a sustainable, long-term transformation. And not so many of us are skilled or taught about how important it is. And I think that this is leading us down a very, very frustrating and unsuccessful road of health, wellness, and so forth, right? Because our thoughts and our beliefs about ourselves and our capability are what is driving us in the direction of failure. Now, when it comes to mindset, there's a number of other components to mindset that are relevant to any wellness journey. This specific topic really just covers how our mindset impacts our ability to make a change, right? And it really covers how important it is for us to tune into what our thoughts are saying in order to be successful at making this lifestyle change. So my homework for you is when it comes to making any kind of lifestyle change, when it comes to any type of resolution or goal that you have set for yourself, I really want you to identify first and foremost what your thoughts are saying about this goal, right? If we think about it, I could be trying for the 100th time to eat healthier, right? We'll use that as a, as a basic example, okay? But if 99 times behind me, I have been unsuccessful for whatever reason, right? I think, you know, there's a number of reasons that could contribute to this. I have been unsuccessful for whatever the case was for 99 different times. And if I'm not willing to look a little bit deeper at what the thoughts are saying about making this change, I'm not going to succeed, number one, but I'm also putting in only 50% of what needs to happen in order for me to be successful, okay? And I would even argue that had I done this maybe process at my 10th time, at my 20th time, there might not be a hundred in a hundredth time, right? It could easily have just become part of one's lifestyle because of the fact that our mindset is so influential on making these changes and we don't even realize it, right? We are only moving in a surface level way when investing in these behavioral changes that don't, we don't even realize that what really needs to be addressed is what's happening underneath the surface, okay? And this is where a lot of my work comes in. And, you know, I've shared my story before and I've had a lot of time to reflect on, you know, how I spent a lot of time in school, getting my master's, master's degree, working towards becoming a therapist, and now I work for myself as a coach. And none of my time in school, right, as I've come to learn, was wasted because a lot of what I do now has so many flavors of what I did and what I learned about in school as a mental health therapist, even though I'm not working actively as a clinician now because of the mindset piece that comes along with the work that I do. You know, if you are not aligned in terms of what you believe about yourself and your capabilities in relation to the goal that you have, how could you possibly then move forward successfully 
if our thoughts create our reality, if our thoughts generate our actions, right? So for your assignment, for your takeaway from this episode, I really want you to reflect. I want you to think about how this resonates. If this resonates, have you been Madison at any point in time in your life? Are you Madison right now, right? Whether it's related to weight loss, whether it's related to making a wellness change, whether it's related to any type of lifestyle change, any kind of goal, right? Any type of goal. If we do not have confidence in ourselves that we are able to make a change, why do we think that we will make a change? How do we think that we're going to make a change, right? If all the evidence that precedes us says you're not going to be able to do this, right? If all the evidence of past attempts says you've never been successful at this, why do we think this time is going to be different? And that's not to say that you know, you shouldn't give a try, right? That's not to say that you shouldn't still put forth energy and still invest in your health because obviously, even though I'm slightly biased, I would say that's the best investment that we can make. But it's about going that extra mile and going that extra step deeper and looking at the thoughts first and foremost. And sometimes this means doing it with someone, right? Um, Sometimes it means hiring a coach or working with a therapist, right? Whatever that means to you, whatever you feel is relevant to help support you in this process, it can easily be done on your own, right? They can easily be done, you know, just simply through discipline and and really kind of exercising that that deeper level of, of reflection and and rewiring and reframing the thoughts that come to mind. You know, so it it depends on what your needs are and and what you feel is most um, appropriate and most relevant to you. But really spending the first few weeks before making this change or attempting to make this change in familiarizing yourself with what your thoughts and your beliefs are saying about your ability to make the change. Self-awareness is the key to transformation. And as a listener of the Let's Eat podcast, I really hope that, you know, that is a big part of the takeaway that, you know, that you take from this podcast, right, is is how awareness is such an important part of making behavioral change. And it's just a further illustration of the mind-body connection. It is a further illustration how mind and body are connected and must be working together in order to, to optimally function, in order to be successful, and so forth, right? If our thoughts are not aligned with these behavioral changes, we're not going to see success or maybe we will see success, but it won't be sustainable success. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to come across as being maybe cynical or, or pessimistic or, you know, negative about making a change. But realistically speaking, if our thoughts are not aligned with these actions that we're trying to take, it's likely not going to be as successful or as strengthened or as long lived, right. As maybe we are hoping it to be. So if you have any questions about this, I am always open to DMs. You can email me. I would love to hear from you about your thoughts and takeaways from this. Um, Like I said, this is a huge, 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 huge part of my work with clients. It's a huge part of my philosophy that kind of organically came to be because at first I really didn't realize how much of an impact this would have on my work and how influential it is on success with clients. But it really is so pivotal. It's so essential. And I hope that through, you know, my conversation around it, my explanation of it, you, you recognize it too. And you're able to implement this or utilize it as you move along on your wellness journey. 
okay? So thank you so much for being here. I am, I am super excited uh, for this episode. I hope that there's a lot of value that it brought to you, and I hope that you all have a wonderful day. Be well.